anything wrong in this situation. He took a pinch in the back, he got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Please. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions! Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? The castration of the major league baseball managers, we know it. Ask me about my winner! What's going on, everybody? Another edition of the Passball Show. Obviously, you hear about Brian Flores and his lawsuit against the National Football League. I'm going to bring up a couple different perspectives here. The first thing that I want to talk about is the obvious thing of what happened with the New York Football Giants. And this isn't a way to put them down. This isn't a way to praise them. This is a way to just state that exactly what happened was what happened. And I look at it like this because the Giants obviously had a plan. They wanted to bring in a new general manager, and that general manager was going to bring in and hire his choice as far as who was going to be the next head coach. And that's exactly what happened. Joe Shane got the job as the the Giants general manager, and after that he hired Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator for the Bills, as his choice to be the head football coach of the Giants. And obviously a lot of that is not looking so good for the Giants in their perspective, but it begs the question, a question that I want to bring up and I want to throw right out there. If you're on YouTube or you're on Facebook Live, you saw the question, are we at a point where a team cannot target the exact coach that they want? Has racism and issues in regards to hiring and the lack of of hiring of black head coaches in the National Football League? Has it become so much of an issue that a team can't just simply target the exact coach that they want to hire? That's the first element of this. And I'm trust me, I'm going to get in to the other side of this. And I, I'm very, very interested in the take from the general public here because I think there's a lot of polarizing elements that are coming on and through within this particular situation. Brian Flores isn't wrong here. There's one blackhead football coach in a league right now. A league that has 70% of its players that are black. Brian Flores, for no reasonable reason, was fired as being the head football coach of the Miami Dolphins. Now you talk about Stephen Ross, and you talk about the, the other allegations that are in this lawsuit, and if they're proven to be true then uh, this is a bad, bad picture to paint of Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins. So you got those things going against you. But the first thing that I wanted to hit up, because I think it's just as important as the other element, which you know I'm obviously going to talk about. And if you follow the Passball Show, you know where my take is going to be. You may not like it, but you know that I'm going there. The first element is that hypothetical situation where a football team identifies a white candidate that it wants to hire, do they have the right to just go out there and hire that candidate? Maybe they don't. Maybe the Rooney rules have failed the NFL so much that there is really nothing else to do, that you can't go out there and say, hey, uh, you know, if I'm Joe Shane, 
Joe Shane saying, hey, as I'm the assistant general manager for the Buffalo Bills, and if I get a job as a general manager in the National Football League, the first guy that I want to hire is Brian Dable as my head football coach. Because I've worked with him. I've seen what he's done for that offense with the Buffalo Bills. And I think that he's going to make a great head coach. And because of that, I'm going to make sure that I hire him once I get a job as an NFL GM. That was probably and most likely what happened. Now, are we shaming Joe Shane to say, hey, he's a racist because he didn't interview Brian Flores or he didn't hire enough black candidates? Well, I, I don't call I wouldn't go as far as to call him racist, but to say that the Giants were in violation of the Rooney rule, which was put in to make sure that more black candidates are being interviewed, more black candidates are getting opportunities to get jobs as not only head coaches, but as coordinators and executives, the Giants are in direct violation of that. So I do think that there should be some sort of penalty. There's some sort of repercussions, something that the Giants have to face for openly, openly disobeying a rule that's set forth in the league. Trust me, there's many more tentacles that I'm going to bring out of this particular instance. The first question I want to ask, are we at a point where it is not an acceptable way to hire a coach than to just simply target somebody that you want and you're interested in bringing it? Because that's obviously what happened here with the Giants. So I don't think the Giants as an organization for hiring Joe Shane and having Joe Shane hire Brian Dable, I don't think any part of that was racism. But the Giants who get this picture painted that they're this beautifully run example of an NFL franchise have been around for 96 years. And the reason I bring this up 96 majestic years that the New York football Giants have existed as an NFL team. Not once in 96 years have they ever hired a black head coach. And I'll make this example to you if you're really not feeling me right now. Let's say a team in the NFL, for whatever reason, had not brought in a black player to play for their team in the history of their existence to now. And you can even talk about the most recent team added, the Houston Texans, with the shortest franchise um, existence. You know, if they had not brought in a black player to this point, there would be public outrage. The media would be all over it. Yeah, we got nine teams in the National Football League that have never hired a black head coach. And you think that that's okay. Because you just say, oh, it's, you know, enough time's gone by at some point. Things will normalize. Every team would have done it. Well, I'm, I always make the comparison in baseball because I find this very interesting. Jackie Robinson in 1947 becomes the first black player in Major League Baseball history in over 60 years. Now, the Boston Red Sox, out of the 16 teams that existed in the NFL, I'm sorry, in, the, in Major League Baseball, had not brought a black player in until 1958, and they were considered behind. Behind in times, they were taken 
heat from the national media. They were taking heat from people within, within Boston and New England because they had not brought in a, a black player. Pumpsy Green was this, you know, integrated the 16th team in Major League Baseball. Frank Robinson in 1975 was named the first black manager in Major League Baseball history when the Cleveland Indians hired him. You would figure, hey, you want to you want to be a little cautious and say 20 years, say 30 years. Certainly wouldn't say 40 or 50 years, right? There's still since 1975, there's still nine Major League Baseball teams that have never hired a black manager. You would say, hey, over time, they would they would get it right. The Braves have been around since 1876. They've never hired a black manager. The St. Louis Cardinals have been around since 1882. They've never hired a black manager. The Philadelphia Phillies have been around since 1883. They've never hired a black manager. The Boston Red Sox, the Minnesota Twins, the Oakland Athletics have all been around since 1901 and have never hired a black manager. The Yankees have been around since 1903. Have never hired a black manager. And then you get three other expansion teams. The Los Angeles Angels, the Miami Marlins, and the Arizona Diamondbacks who have it. I have a bigger issue. And obviously there is an issue in baseball. For some reason it's okay for black players to play in Major League Baseball. But it seems to be a problem with black managers in Major League Baseball. There's an even bigger problem in the NFL. Because the NFL is composed of 70% of its players that are black. And still, to this day, the Giants, who have been around since 1925, have never hired a black head coach. The Rams, who have been around, they're celebrated as being in the Super Bowl right now, have been around since 1937 and have never hired a black head coach. The New England Patriots have been around since 1960, the beginning of the AFL. Same thing with the Tennessee Titans and the Dallas Cowboys. Guess what they all have in common? None of them have hired a black head coach. The New Orleans Saints, who currently have a coach in vacancy, have never hired a black head coach. They've been around since 1967. The Seattle Seahawks have been around since 1976 and have never hired a black head coach. And oddly enough, a team that seems to be pretty integrated they had a black general manager in Ozzie Newsom. The Baltimore Ravens have not hired a black head coach. Now, you could say in New England, you could say right now in Tennessee, right now in uh, Seattle, in Baltimore, they all have entrenched head coaches. You'd say, hey, we're not looking to fire them just to replace them with a dark face. But I think when it comes time, when it comes time for a change in head coach, perhaps there should be a little more of a sense of urgency. There should be a little more than just a rule that says you should interview head coaches. Because this is, this is an issue that really is blowing up in the league's face. In the league, the NFL did not mean for this to happen. But the Rooney rule, which yes, got Mike Tomlin a job. And maybe over the course of the last 20 years, 20 plus years that the Rooney Rule has existed, may have gotten a couple other black coaches hired. Maybe somebody that wouldn't have gotten an interview impressed that much and made it that, that tough for even a racist owner to turn his back on him. 
But the Rooney Rule has set up teams to do these token interviews. And that's what Brian Flores is exploiting right now. I mean, I mean I'm sorry, exposed. I'd rather use the word expose instead of exploit. He's exposing the fact that the Giants were going to, you know, they already made their decision of who their football coach was going to be. And they were going to do a token interview with Brian Flores, who probably had no chance, no shot, no opportunity to get the job as the football coach of the Giants. And that by itself is disheartening and disappointing. But like I said, first question, can a team not do what it has done before? In other words, if you hire a general manager, you leave it up to the general manager to hire who that person wants. If you're an executive that's been waiting to get a job as a general manager in the National Football League, you probably have your eyes set on a coach that you'd want to hire. It happens to be a white perspective head football coach. So like I said, I don't think the Giants hiring Joe Shane and Joe Shane targeting Brian Dable is necessarily racist, but it's clear and unclear in violation of the Rooney Rule. There's a problem with that. The Giants should be held accountable for not adhering to the rules of the league. Don't hire whoever you want. Make sure you conduct a legitimate interview with a black candidate. That's the rule. And Brian Flores talks about you know John Elway and the Denver Broncos basically showing up hungover and drunk to his interview when they had already decided that Vic Fangio was going to get the job as their head football coach. Now, that looks like it's probably true and probably happened. It's not a good look for the National Football League. But I think part of the future repercussions, which I don't necessarily think is a good thing, you're going to see teams and general managers and owners that are interested in particular white candidates and they're going to lose that opportunity to choose who it is that they want to choose because of the racial undertones that are set to it. If it happens to be a white candidate, you can't hire a white candidate because that's racist. Team, teams, because of their actions, they have nobody to blame but themselves. This isn't a situation where you say, oh man, you know, the... The, the oversensitivity and uh, race baiting and you know putting this out there to make it seem like it's a bigger deal than it is. Well, the white racists are the ones that are to blame for this building up into what it is right now. You know, if you, if you weren't racist in the beginning and it bothered you so much that a black person would speak up against the restrictions that they obviously have to deal with, 70% of the NFL is composed of black players. And you're telling me it's okay that there's one head football coach that's black. And one that just got fired is exposing interviews he's been on where he wasn't even being interviewed. He's exposing the fact that he didn't have an interview yet for the Giants and he already hired their head coach. It's not good for the league. So I'm going to come up and I have right here a solution. A solution that I'm pretty sure that white America isn't going to like. 
you know, those, those of you that are against the advancement of any sort of color people, anybody that is against equality, against treating everybody the same, is not going to like exactly what I'm going to say here. And I think it's time that the NFL takes its Rooney rule, which I think had good intentions, to this point has produced some results, but not quite the amount of results that it's been looking to do. One out of 32 is an embarrassment. One out of 32 is a failure of the Rooney rule, no matter what type of intentions it's had. So I think we take the Rooney rule and we throw the exponential value to it and we make it the Rooney Rule 2.0. You have a head coach vacancy, you hire a black candidate. And I hate to say it, this is going to bother, like I said, white America is going to hate this. You know, and, and maybe white, it's time for white America to feel what it's like to not have the same opportunities as somebody else. You really want to win NFL? You want to turn this thing around? Limit the candidates that can be a head football coach in the National Football League to just black men. Anyone say black men and women? I have no problem with that. But you want to change? You know what? White America is not changing. Maybe it's time to force them to change. Eliminate white head coaching candidates and tell the NFL, hey, you have a head coaching vacancy? The only people that are going to be available are black candidates. Brian Flores will have a job pretty quick. Jim Caldwell will have a job pretty quick. Todd Bowles will have a job pretty quick. All of a sudden, Eric Bieniemy, as he continues to run that Andy Reid-led Kansas City Chiefs offense, will have a job. Byron Leftwich will have a job. And you want to solve the problem that exists out there. The only thing the NFL can do, and they are forced to do because of racist white America, you know, they're going to use every narrative that they could possibly use to hold back legitimate candidates. It's time to make it mandatory. You want to hire, you have a head coaching vacancy in the NFL, the Saints, any other team that has an opening right now? Well, the only candidates you could choose from, the only pool of candidates you could choose from, have darker color skin. And you know what? You can hear all day about white people screaming, oh, that's racist, that's racist. Well, you know what? It doesn't feel too good when the shoe is worn on the other foot. It doesn't feel so good towards you when you feel like you're excluded. And once again, and I'll keep repeating this point because it's a freaking embarrassment, a league composed of 70% of its players being black and have 32 teams and one head football coach that's black is an embarrassment to the game. And you can make the case that Mike Tomlin... Now, listen, I'm not going to judge the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've been at the forefront of this. The Rooney Rule started and was really first implemented when Mike Tomlin got an interview that he may not have gotten anyway. And he has stuck around. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been to another Super Bowl. He's never had a losing season. And is that what it takes for a black head football coach to keep his job in the NFL? Because once again, I could have named 10 more coaches in the National Football League that should have lost their job 
before Brian Flores. Team started out one and seven this year, won seven games in a row, and almost made the playoffs. And if what Brian Flores is saying is true, that he was essentially told by his owner that he was going to get a hundred thousand dollar bonus for every game that he lost in his first season, and that the owner was pissed that they didn't tank enough, that they didn't lose enough games. then I hope those revelations give pro football the change that it's needed. And you know what? There's a lot of people that aren't going to say this because they're worried about the backlash. And like I said, I'm so tired and sick of the acceptance of racism, the outlying acceptance of racism, the racism that's in indirect forms. Say, hey, you know what? If we mask it enough, it's not really racism, and you can't call it racism. It, it really is racism. The reason that there's one black head coach in the National Football League is for no other reason, for racism. And the quicker we identify that, the better off we're going to be. And the only way, the only way to change what you've seen right now is to do it for them. Say, listen, we'll let this coaching cycle go out. But from now on, for the next five years, every coaching vacancy that exists in the National Football League is going to be limited to candidates of African-American descent, of dark skin color, and nobody else. You know, now, now we'll see what things were like in baseball prior to 1975. We'll see how things were in the National League Football League from 1922 to 1988. Oh, and by the way, the way they are right now. So last thing I wanted to talk about, because tanking is part of this lawsuit that's brought up by Brian Flores. Taking a job with the Miami Dolphins. Hey, we're going to lose games on purpose. Well, you know, he's representing a skin color which isn't represented throughout the game so if he loses games on purpose if he does what the owner says then it's going to make him look bad as a head coach and make it easier for the owner to fire him because of said losses hey you know they were, they were two and 14 they were one and 15 that's that's why we changed head coaches Hugh Jackson was out one and 15 zero and 16 now it's more substantiated. It makes sense. It's really hard to point to racism to say that's why Hugh Jackson lost his job, which I'm not going to do. But you look at the tanking element that's brought into this lawsuit, and you look at one sport, seems to make it totally okay. Now, baseball may be part of the debating that's going on in the new CBA between the players and the owners. It's centered around some potential changes to tanking and teams that are not being competitive for a certain amount of years. And I'm obviously looking forward to the new CBA coming out in baseball for many reasons, but one of the reasons is to see if baseball is going to turn the corner and have competitive balance, something that, by the way, the National Football League, who we spent some time talking about, has. You know who doesn't? Yeah, that's the National Basketball Association. And I look at a team like the Houston Rockets. 
You know, they made the trade of James Harden, and that was a tough deal. They traded Russell Westbrook and got John Wall back from the Washington Wizards. And it's got to be an embarrassment to have a player that is eligible to play, a player that is healthy, and a player that is being willingly held out of the lineup and not allowed to play. You're supposed to give your best chance. If there's players on the court that are just throwing the ball into the crowd or giving the ball to the other team, that would not be tolerated. But if you're looking at something that's a close second, uh, a definition of tanking could be having a player that's good enough to play makes your team look better on the court and he is proactively being held out of the lineup and not allowed to play. That's a joke. That's an embarrassment. That's something that, for whatever reason, may not be at the forefront of change when it comes to the National Basketball Association. And I hold Adam Silver responsible as the commissioner for not doing anything about this, for saying it's okay. Ben Simmons, by the way, you know, is under contract by the Philadelphia 76ers. Is he hurt? Is he out because of a mental illness? He's under contract to play. He should be expected to play. Now, how does Ben Simmons still get paid even though he doesn't want to play? Kyrie Irving, vaccine mandate. I think that's a little bit of something different. It's good to see him back on a court and playing road games. Um, you know, New York City is, sick, is sticking strictly to its vaccine mandates. So until anything changes, it doesn't look like he's going to be playing a game in New York. But at least he's on a court. At least he's playing in road games, and that's are okay with it. That's the least of the problem. I have more of an issue with the Houston Rockets not playing John Wall. John Wall is a top player in the NBA. John Wall is losing, almost by choice of his own team, a full year of playing basketball in the NBA. He's not going to get this back. Look at Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell sat out a year in the NFL. He hasn't been the same ever since. Is there a guarantee at some point that John Wall, playing for a different team, is going to be able to get back to the form that he was, certainly in his Wizards days? I don't know. But John Wall is healthy. John Wall can play. And the Houston Rockets are not playing John Wall because they want to get a better draft pick. And somehow, Adam Silver and the National Basketball Association thinks that this is okay. It's a joke. It's an embarrassment. It's making the league look like it's encouraging tanking. More tanking is going to happen in the NBA. Over time. Over years. The Cavaliers, did they tank so they could select LeBron James or have a better chance of winning a lottery? I know that's why the lottery is in there. You don't want to guarantee the team with the most losses or a team with the fewest wins, the first pick in the next year's draft. That's a step towards uh, you know, not allowing tanking. At least there's some sort of lottery system. Yeah, maybe baseball should think about doing that. Maybe that comes up in the CBA, but... What, what you're actively seeing, and, and I think it's just taking tanking to a different level. Now, imagine, imagine if Brian Flores 
Or imagine if there's another head coach. Take Brian Flores out of it for a second. Because, you know, you're talking about the racial element and how bad it would look for him as one of the few black head coaches to lose games on purpose. But let's say there was any coach out there that took the Miami Dolphins job and listened to owner Stephen Ross when he said, I'm going to give you a $100,000 bonus for every game that you lose. I want to make sure that we get the number one draft pick so we could select. You know, at, at one point it was Tua. You know, another point it might have been Justin Herbert. Obviously, by the end, the Miami Dolphins were just like the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, dude, we're getting Joe Burrow. And what if a coach did that? What if the Dolphins went 0-16 and 16 with a different head coach? Like I said, Brian Flores, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll table the discussion on him for, for the comment section. That's basically what the NBA and the Houston Rockets are allowing right now with John Wall. You're saying it's okay. No problem. You know, you don't want to win games up? You know, sit your best player. Did not play coach's decision. Play inferior players intentionally with the expectation that you're going to lose. You're going to lose a lot of games. Best chance is going to exist. You're going to get a top two or three pick. At the very least, the fourth pick in the NBA next year when it comes to the draft. And then you say, hey, in football, you know, if you, if you want to work out something like that, it's okay. You understand it's harder to do in football. The players are putting their livelihoods on the line. So from their perspective, you can't expect them to give any less than 100%. You can't. I mean, you, you might end up paralyzed. You might end up seriously injured for life. You might end up with a head injury and headaches that are so bad that one day you take a gun, pull it up to your brain, and kill yourself. There's been examples of that. So why would you not try as hard as you could? Not just to survive, but certainly to compete and win. Because the videotapes exist of your performance. You may be playing for a bad team now, but you're playing for your next contract, which could be a better team. It's very hard for a player in football to compromise that. Now, you can play, uh, we talk about the importance of the quarterback position in the NFL. Let's say if you were the Dolphins and Dan Marino was your quarterback, you could you know, put him on a sideline, not play him and play the backup which is basically the equivalent of what the Houston Rockets are doing, and the NBA says it's okay. Imagine this. Imagine that I'm trying to come up with a, an example. It's coming off the top of my head. Let's see. Uh, Peyton Manning, Indianapolis Colts, has a back surgery, ends up missing the entire year. Now, there's no proof. There's no proof that the Colts... We're losing intentionally to get Andrew Luck. Uh, they just had really nobody that was on the same level as Peyton Manning to lead their offense as a quarterback. But if there was proof that the Colts, I don't know, took a practice squad dude, a backup quarterback in college, and ran him out there to play 16 games, and the Colts went 0-16, and 16, and that was the reason they ended up with the number one overall pick so they could draft Andrew Luck. There'd be an investigation done. 
not just by the NFL, but probably Congress would be involved. But what you're saying is that it's okay in the NBA. Houston Rockets, their rebuilding team, they traded James Harden. Yes, they moved on from Russell Westbrook when they moved him to Washington. They got John Wall's contract in return. They want to they rebuild. They want younger players. So because of that, it's okay to take your best player who is healthy, 100% healthy, and not play him so your team has a better chance to lose games. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like the Cleveland Indians in Major League. That sounds like Rachel Phelps releasing all of the good players on your team and hiring scraps and you know not good players off the street. Jake Taylor from Mexico. Rick Vaughn out of the California Penal League. A bunch of washed up players that if they finish dead last, the Indians will move to Miami. That's what it sounds like. But the only difference, if Major League Baseball found out that something like that was really happening, Rachel Phelps wouldn't be able to own the team. Odds are, if it's proven... That Stephen Ross offered his head coach $100,000 for every game that he lost in his first season and held it against him that he didn't, made him seem like a malcontent, Stephen Ross should lose his job. And then finally, when it comes to the Houston Rockets and the fact that that they have a premier player, a solid player that can contribute in regards to wins and losses for their NBA basketball team and is intentionally not playing them so the Rockets can lose more games than I think Tillman Fertitta who is the owner of the Houston Rockets, should lose his job too. Tillman Fertitta, and I'm trying to get his name right because it's the first time I've ever looked at it. I had to look it up on Google. But he should lose his job too. He should have to be forced to sell the Houston Rockets, just like Stephen Ross should be forced to sell the Miami Dolphins. You know, Steve Ballman with the Los Angeles Clippers. You know, the, all the information comes out, a racist comments and stuff like that. He's forced to sell his team. That, in fact, that transition went very smooth. They got him right out of the sport. Because the last thing the NBA wanted was a racism scandal. But it's okay to have a tanking scandal? To have a question of whether games that are being played are even on a level? Well, you can't prove that the players aren't trying. You can't prove that the coaches aren't trying. Well... There's proof that the front office isn't trying because they intentionally did not allow a good player to play on their team. A player that's making, what, 44, 47 million a year? Forcing him to sit the bench? That's an embarrassment. The Passball Show is brought to you by JohnPielli.com by St. Alwish's Church in Jackson, New Jersey. I hope you enjoyed everything you hear today. Listen back if there's any points that you feel are contentious. Please hit me up on a comment stream. You could uh, email me at jrple at gmail.com. You could also 
Um, send me a tweet at John underscore Pielli. My YouTube t channel, search John Pielli. You can do that. We'll be back with you probably Saturday with another edition of the Passball Show. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. Chris Bryant was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. I may come out as the biggest major league baseball manager apologist. That'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. I'm a dude the dude There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Tommy Knack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside to hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100% unequivocally that pitcher was throwing at They put their tail between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. You damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. First five years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion. <laughs>